Hello, my lovely listeners, and welcome to this week's Catamania episode. I get a lot of questions from y'all about whether or not I have veneers, dental hygiene, dental health. I take really good care of my dental health, and I do the basic stuff that everybody knows you should be doing, like brushing your teeth after you eat and flossing after each meal. And I don't have veneers. I had, however, Invisalign treatment, so I straightened my teeth Uh, which actually ended up changing my jawline quite a bit for the better, at least in my opinion. I like it more than it used to be. And I also have always had, I guess, like a certain level of respect and love for the dentistry field. One of the reasons is, I guess I had a lot of friends who became dentists after high school and I know a lot of dentists and I know how hard that job is and how much hate dentists get just because they're dentists, just because people don't like going to see dentists. But I was kind of thinking for a while now to bring somebody on who is an expert in dentistry, aka a dentist, to shed some light to everybody what, you know, certain procedures are, what are the risks, what is exactly healthy dental hygiene, how you should be taking care of your teeth, and the details that, I mean, I've heard of and I maybe know about from talking to different people, but details that I wouldn't know the actual specifics of because I'm not a dentist. So I finally found somebody, a lovely lady named Jovanka Živković. Yes, you guessed it, she's Serbian. And uh, she's a Serbian-born, New York-based dentist. The original intention of this episode was to just ask her, you know, technical questions about dentistry and dental hygiene and, you know, veneers and Invisaligns and teeth whitening. But it ended up being, aside from all of those things, a very inspiring conversation because Jovanka is an immigrant who lives in U.S. And her story is, I think, like the quintessential story of an immigrant who came to U.S. and succeeded because she knew she wanted to succeed. So I think you'll find this very inspiring and motivational. And funny enough, we drew a lot of parallels between dentistry and life, like like general life and you succeeding in life. So I'm really excited for you all to listen. And as per usual, if you enjoy this episode and you enjoy my podcast, please give it five stars, thumbs up, whatever the, rate, the rating button is on the platform that you're listening to this on. Enjoy and stay blessed and brush your teeth and floss. Welcome to Catamania, Miss Jovanka Živković, and I can proudly pronounce your name properly because my Serbian influence. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, it's it's so good to have you on. I think um, I think your area of work is really well. It's really important, and it's. I think people neglected a, a lot of times, and I'm curious to know your opinion as to why people are so easy to neglect their dental health and, and whatnot. But before we dive into it, do you mind just letting me know how did you choose specifically this field and tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, so I started um, in Serbia and I went in um, high school for dental technicians. Uh, I always knew that I'm not going to go in some like a general high school that we have back home, right? Um, also I had a relative that was in dental field already. So I, I kind of picked my high school and then the dental school was like a natural, 
uh, thing that was that was following the high school, and then um, I ended up coming to America. Right. <laughs> uh, so you were born in Serbia. You were born and raised was, in Serbia. Yeah, I was born and raised in Serbia. I finished the high school for dental technicians over there. Um, I went to dental school over there. Um, I worked over there for a little bit of time. And then I got a green card on a lottery that I never even applied for. And um, I kind of wanted to see uh, how I would do it on my own here because my pad over over there would be already set, right? So um, I kind of knew how my life would look like and I'm all about the adventure. And I decided to come to the States um, and uh, try myself out here. So then I had to study all over again because, you know, um, we need to go through uh, schooling again if you want to get the license to work in the States. So um, I passed some boards that I had to do. I applied to schools. Uh, Actually, I applied only for two schools, NYU and Columbia, because I'm living in New York. And um, which is really not that common. Usually um, when students want to apply to school, they apply all over the states and they go wherever they get accepted, right? But me thinking with my Serbian brain, you know, we we go to school in our hometown, right? (laughs) So I just applied to NYU and Columbia. I love that. You're like, I am going to apply only for two schools and it's going to be NYU and Columbia, period. I'm going to get into one of those and there's no other option. And I think like a typical Eastern European. So, you know, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I got accepted to Columbia. Uh, They were accepting only two people that year uh international right and i was going to um a program that was called the advanced standing program in general dentistry and we're supposed to uh you know uh combine all the different um fields of dentistry and we were dealing with like a complicated case treating complicated cases um and i don't know i liked it it was good experience so you were one of the two students who got accepted Correct. Oh, wow. Did you like have any hesitation that you wouldn't be accepted or did you know 100% you're like, no, I'm confident I'll get accepted? Uh, the thing is that I don't even think this way. If you for you me, didn't even the, think that you could fail. No. Like you didn't even think you could get no, in. No, not that I cannot fail. Everybody can fail. This is not the right. thing. It's just that I'm going to do those exams. I'm going to apply. I'm going to go for an interview. Uh, you know, I'm just going to give my best. And um, after that, it's not up to me anymore. So, you know, I cannot get stressed over something that is not in my power. Hmm. So So you kind of, you wished for it and then you kind of let it go. You were like, I'm going to do my best. You know, like I was working hard for it because it's not that easy to pass those exams. Um, even though you went through the dental school, obviously I didn't need to study. I don't know how much like to get, uh, the problem here is that when you move and when you go, um, to take the, um, exams, it's the American way of passing the exam. So you actually, you, you have, you must have the knowledge, but you also need to understand, um, the way the questions are asked and how you're supposed to answer them. 
more like to understand the test itself. Right. Like the difference between, I guess, how the tests are written. Yes. So and how- you're so- telling me that you went, you pretty much were having a life, a good life, so to speak, in Serbia. You oh, kind of had... Yeah, you kind of had a trajectory that you knew if you follow down this path, what your life would look like. It was fairly comfortable. Then you win a green card. You said you didn't yes. apply for it. How how did that happen? So um, when um, I was the last year of studies in, in Serbia, um, and uh, I came uh, to the States for work and travel program with two other people that were with me in dental school. And the point was just like, you know, to learn English better and just like to travel around the States because that was our first time in the States, actually. And, um, you know, like we traveled. I didn't really like it so much. You know, it's just that when you come um, from certain um, area where you have your whole life set, uh, and you feel very comfortable, uh, and then you go somewhere completely new, and you don't have all these little perks, you know, that that you have at home, right? You don't have a car, you don't have your apartment, you don't, you know, it's just like you don't have your. I mean, I had two of them, right? But it's still like it's not like a big group of friends. It, it throws you off a little bit. Um, totally. But it was, you know, it was a good experience. And then um, on our, we we traveled, obviously. We went to uh, mm-hmm. Colorado. We went to, uh, we were in uh, Den- Vail, Vail Village uh, Ski Resort. Then we went to um, San Francisco, um, LA, you know, like what everybody are doing. We went to uh, Florida. And then the last stop before going home was New York. And then the first time when I came to New York, it, it was just like, Oh my God, I don't know who can live here, you know, because I don't know if you have ever been to Belgrade. I hope you did. I have. I have. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but it's much cleaner than New York, right? So for right. me, the first impression was like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, this is the destiny or fate or call it however you want. It was like me two years later moving to that same New York. That's hilarious. So what what did you not like about it? I guess the cleanliness you didn't like. And what made you move to New York? And now do you love living there? I love living in New York. I think um, it's the, the best place on the planet. Not necessarily the best, but it has... Like the good uh, has always a good and bad things, but the thing is that it's very unique, and mm-hmm. you cannot find it anywhere else. And I deeply believe that once you live in New York, uh, you pick up certain things that uh, you carry always with you, no matter where you go. And you also recognize if you travel, you recognize the people that lived in New York. You can just get that, you know, <laughs> like the vibe is in the air. <laughs> It's so true. I, I, I'm yet to visit New York. It's definitely on my list. But so there was this thing. And I mean, it's funny. And I don't, I'm not saying that everybody who lives in New York is like that. But I saw this video and it was like, tell me with like one word or one phrase where you live without telling me where you live. And this guy is like, all he said was, fuck you. And everybody was like, oh, he's from New York because people, you know, people in New York are rude <laughs> or whatever. But everyone I've met from New York, they're uh, just... They're the rudest, nicest people. 
Yes, that's a really good way to put it. They're the rudest. They're not. They're nice, but they're also they have that like almost like a shield that just shows you just shows you that you're they're from New York. There's like a certain vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like I'm nice, but also like don't don't push my limits, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's quite inspiring, and I know that a lot of obviously I have a lot of you know immigrants. Eastern European Slavic people following me. I think, I think your story is like the quintessential um, depiction of what immigrants are like in places like U.S. and Canada, and what I really consider it our people, like all of Eastern Europe 100%. and all the Slavic nations. You know, and there's a certain, like a certain sense of drive that all immigrants have, you know, like if you, if you think about what you've done, you had your life set up, it was comfortable. And then it was like a brand new adventure that you didn't know how it would turn out, but you went, didn't intimidate you that you would have to go through school again. Not only did not intimidate you, you were like, I'm going to go to one of the best schools. And that's the Mm -hmm. only way you went to one of the best schools. And then just like set up a whole other amazing life for yourself in a new country where things weren't as comfortable for you when you arrived, right? So that's that's awesome. And I think that's definitely, like I said, the quintessential immigrant experience that I'm really proud of because I, I feel like all of Eastern Europeans have some kind of extra fire in them when they move to a new place. They're like, hey, I'm going to set my life up exactly how I want it and I'm going to succeed no matter what. And we do succeed no matter what. So that's awesome. And, Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's true. And so how was it then you started working and you know correct me if i'm wrong but you specifically do cosmetic uh dentistry or do you do like no, general I dentistry do, as well i do general i do general dentistry and most of the time i deal with these like uh, complicated cases uh where um basically people um haven't been to a dentist in a very long time and they need a full mod rehabilitation uh, mm-hmm. I do a lot of cosmetic dentistry as well, and I do a lot of like facial um, aesthetics, um, but mostly I do comprehensive cases. The way I set up my office, the way I started, um, I, I opened my own office as soon as I finished Columbia, right? But at the same time, I was working on um, one practice uh, downtown Manhattan in Tribeca, close to Wall Street, and I was treating like the richest people in, in, in Manhattan, right? But at the same time, I always knew that I want to have something on my own. And um, I started like parallel, right? But in my office, I set it up in um, a Long Island City, Astoria area where mostly like Eastern European community lives, like Balkan people. Uh, mm. And they were all coming to me. And the thing is that all these people, they, 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 um, they're here like for a certain amount of time. And they usually they go back home, they fix their teeth, they come back, you know, the things fall apart. And then they, the, the topic is sensitive and they like to speak their own language and they would be coming to me. So for these reasons, um, you know, I have a lot of patients that are in their like 50s, 60s and that, you know, they need a, they need a, like a serious work and full mod rehabilitation. Hmm. So you've found the best way you could help a community and your people to kind of make it, make it better for them. Yeah. Yes. 
Do you have, I know that in Canada for the longest time, dentists were leading in suicide rates and it was considered the most stressful job <laughs> in the country. I don't know if it's like that in the United States, but how much shit do everywhere. you have to deal with on a daily basis? It depends from day to day, you know, uh, but, uh, you know what I think is just the way you take it, honestly. I mean, uh, some, I have difficult days, obviously, uh, and it, it's not that easy because, like, you have people coming to you and they constantly complain. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God, this hurts or, like, you know, something fell out. I don't know what it is. Or, uh, you know, like, it's just not a pleasant experience let's call it that way right yeah so um and then obviously how many times a day i hear oh my god i hate you and then they're like no no we don't hate you we hate the dentist but i'm the dentist <laughs> yeah so um but then um after i treat them and after they see that it's not the way it is let's say back home or somewhere else uh they relax also, like, I do everything that is in my power to relax them. Um, if they want to change the music, if they want to uh, watch the TV, um, it, it's just like uh, talking to them, explaining them procedures. Um, you know, it just, you need to make people feel comfortable and confident in you that you know what you're doing. And um, maybe it takes like one or two visits with me. Then after that, mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, oh. They and this is like heard from their mouth. They're like, "Oh, you know what? We were so scared at the beginning, but now we just have this feeling that we come here to hang out with you." That's awesome. So you make them feel really comfortable after a while. Yeah. You know, after yeah. a while, they were just like, "Okay, let's do this." You know. Yeah. Why do you think people tend to neglect their dental health so much and hate the process? I mean, I understand the part of like the pain, even though. Quite frankly, I've never gone to a dentist and actually felt pain. But people are afraid, right? Because they're awake for it most of the time. It's uncomfortable. You have to keep your mouth open, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that part of it. But why do you think it's so easy for people to neglect their dental health? I think number one reason is fear. And the, 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 when they have this fear, they get so paralyzed. And I think that they are like projecting what, you know, what might happen basically. And those things, 99% of cases never happen. And mm -hmm. the, the modern dentistry is eliminating pain completely. Like it's not even the pain, it's their anticipation of pain that they have been through when they were kids, because probably they were treated poorly because like, let's call it like. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was not the same like what it is today. And then uh, I think that at the back of their mind, they're kind of expecting the same exact this feeling when, you know, when they were kids. And that is just not happening today. So because of this fear, they tend to postpone treatment and just like going to the dentist and then things get worse and, you know, they require more treatment, right, to fix the situation. So um, I just think that they should, you know, like once you feel, once you feel something, actually, it's already too late. Like you should just go on a regular checkup 
every six months and then if there's anything like we will get it is you know like when it's small and there's no pain with that involved at all right i'm kind of i may be reading too much into this but it's almost like you've described not just dentistry but you've described a lot of what people feel in life like before doing anything it's like the anticipation of fear is what's stopping you from doing the things that you know you should be doing isn't that interesting you can like draw parallels between going to a dentist and like living your best life you know what i mean (laughs) i'm like wow you're describing something very deep here even deeper than dentistry but isn't it interesting how that works the anticipation of what could potentially happen like stops us and paralyzes us wow but you and, should just. But you know how they say exactly what are you afraid of? This is exactly what you should do. Yeah, because then the yeah, fear yeah, yeah. Is, is gone. <laughs> After that, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Let's zone in a little bit on the actual, I guess, the technicalities of dental health because I know it's it's something that interests a lot of people and it's important to spread the word about it. I saw a video of yours where you mentioned the parallels between mental health and your dental health let's let's talk about that a little bit i mean as i told you i treat uh, like people that they have serious problems right and Mm -hmm. then um they just stop smiling it's just they do not smile you know and that affects them and um or what can uh what i can see often is that they come and then they're gonna sit in the chair they understand now they have the problem and there's no more postponing right they have to do it and then they would be like this all the time and they, they would talk to me and they would explain their problem to me while keeping the hand on their mouth which means that they're ashamed i mean if you keep your hand over your mouth you're covering third of your face right and this is the first thing people see when you come and then you know when you when you go and you smile somebody is just you know you're you're opening yourself up in a way right so um we started the process you know sometimes it's pleasant um sometimes some people take it a little bit more difficult but um at the end you see how the condition is mental because even once they're done, they still have the same move because their brain did not catch up with the situation in their mouth. So Very even interesting. I, even I finish their teeth and they have a beautiful smile and everything. I'm like, okay, it's okay for you to put the hand down. Like you, you can smile now. Um so it takes time for them to you know like understand what happened actually and then once they uh figure out it's completely different ball game then i keep getting these messages before and after like they take it was like oh my god i cannot believe that i was looking like this you know and i was walking around like i had my friend texting me from greece just this morning you know i woke up and i see her message she was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, now I see the huge difference. Meanwhile, I still didn't finish her. She's doing her temporaries, but she's rocking them like they're permanent. That's very interesting. So your smile and your ability to open yourself up, show your it's teeth to people, well. which makes perfect sense. It's like your physiology. You know how they say, like, smile is contagious? Well, if you never smile and if you're embarrassed or ashamed of showing like you're like you said, half of your face to the world, 
that makes perfect sense that it would affect you. But I didn't even think of like, I know, you know, I love having white, beautiful teeth. And I worked on, you know, I had Invisaligns and stuff like that. And I definitely felt like my confidence levels went up after I finished the treatment because I could smile more because I was more open to to show them off. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it makes perfect sense. What are some things that you would say, you know, we all hear these rules that like brush your teeth after you eat floss, but what are some common misconceptions that you would say people have about dentistry and dental health? I mean, the main one is that everything is painful. That's, that's the main one, honestly. Uh, because it's not, it's not anymore. Like we have different methods and procedures that way we can, you know, apply and make the experience like so much more pleasant. But that's about mm-hmm. it. Hygiene, you know, um, yeah. as like a lot of people are like, oh my God, I eat a lot of sugar, you know, um, and yeah, I'll get the cavities and stuff. Yes, you can eat sugar. I eat sugar. I'm honestly addicted. I'm not proud to say this, you know, but uh, as long as you brush and floss after this, you know, sugary drinks or uh, food, you'll be you'll be just fine. You know what I mean? It's not um, as long as it doesn't stay on your teeth, basically. Okay, as long as you clear it all out. And is there a rule for how? how much is too much. Like I brush my teeth three times a day, pretty much after I eat, I'll brush my teeth and I'll floss. Is -hmm. there like, can you do too much? I don't think you can do too much. It's just that you need to be careful. What kind of toothbrush do you use and what kind of motions, you know, you do when you brush your teeth, because sometimes when people, what people do is that they tend to uh, buy hard toothbrushes. They think that Mm -hmm. they, brush better um and then they can um either remove their enamel with them uh, or they can cause the recession of the gums um Mm. so this is not good right but in terms of brushing if you know uh how to brush if you have a good technique of brushing and if you use the correct toothbrush you know um then i wouldn't say that there is any like excessive amount you know (laughs) You you can't do too much to keep your dental hygiene at a good level. Okay. Um, something that I know my audience really wants to learn more about is veneers. 100%. Everybody, you know, we live in America. Northern America is obsessed with veneers. And Hollywood Let's smile. talk about that. Let's talk about that. Everybody asks me if I have veneers and it's a huge compliment because I don't, right? So I'm like, no, I, I just straightened my teeth out and... It, it did the trick for me, but I know that for some people, I guess, just straightening the teeth and whitening them and whitening is something I want to get into with you as well. But uh, what are veneers and what type of veneers exist? What, when do you think it's appropriate for people to get veneers? So um, veneers are basically a little uh, porcelain um, cover. Mm-hmm. that you cover your tooth with um sometimes you can you can um get away without drilling your teeth and just like placing them on but in majority of the cases you must drill your front side of the tooth and sometimes just a little bit on the side of the tooth and then to put them on 
right? Um, they're made out of the porcelain and um, basically they're there just uh, to enhance uh, your smile, uh, to fix your color, shape, and sometimes like a tiny bit of pos position of your teeth, right? Um, I suggest people to do them when uh, they have already like made up their mind they want to do this all when they have some like cavities in between their teeth um and when they have like a lot of feelings it's much better to uh cover it with the porcelain right and you know whenever they want to improve their aesthetics uh but i would not recommend them to somebody that has uh perfectly healthy and natural teeth and they're just being lazy to wear Invisalign. So uh, in that case, I would uh, always um, recommend getting Invisalign first and um, doing the whitening like, you know, you. Uh, it's just that I still feel that there's nothing like your own tooth, right, that is not drilled. And I think that the health should be in the, you know, first thing, like priority. Um, so yeah, this is like I'd rather in that those cases uh recommend Invisalign and whitening if people are having their own teeth and they're in a perfectly good, you know, health and uh, shape is just like moving a little bit um and then at the end of the treatment during whitening can have exactly the same effect like having the the veneers, you know, like as you said in your case. Mhm. Mm what about what's the cause difference between so what usually i would presume it would depend on certain i guess things that you want but what is the cost approximate for veneers versus invisalign so veneers you pay by by tooth so as many teeth as you want to do and usually um if you want to get that good aesthetic result uh you're supposed to do like 10 upper veneers because this is like the the smile line that uh, most of the people have um and um it depends. It can get from like uh, fifteen hundred per tooth to let's say like four thousand. Depends where you're doing it, with who you're doing, what kind of material you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, also um, you're just fixing basically the aesthetic appearance of the upper ten teeth, right? Um, while Invisalign um, also is different kind of cost because uh, for Invisalign depending how many trays you need it is also like if you need a light case which is only up to 14 trays it's a one price and then if you need the comprehensive case which is like unlimited amount of trays then it's a different price but let's say invisalign costs anywhere between like four and eight thousand dollars right but the thing is that you don't drill your own teeth and then um you're fixing position of every single tooth in your mouth and you're facing the bite as well so invisible right. is uh basically for your whole mouth and for more teeth and it's cheaper option um than veneers but you know you have to have all of your teeth basically healthy and good standing well for veneers yeah. it's just, you know like... for veneers it's like that. Like I want to cover look good. it up. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> that makes sense. Uh, something that I wanted to mention also for our lovely listeners, uh, when I did Invisalign and you said, you know, it fixes your bite, my whole jawline changed and I didn't expect it changed for the better. So that's good. But my jawline became more pronounced. So it looked in the end like I got um, like chin, not chin, sorry, like what do they call, Angle. you know, the contouring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The treatment to like put fillers in here. And mm-hmm. I didn't. So mm-hmm. that was the benefit of Invisalign. But in my case, my teeth were pretty healthy. And mm-hmm. I was advised right away, like you probably don't need even years, especially at this stage in your life. Um, it did hurt a little bit from I had to like shave or not me myself, but my dentist had to shave or my orthodontist between my teeth to make some space to push them back because they were kind of going forward. I need to find a picture and post like a before and after because it's fascinating. And uh, when that process was happening, they shaved down some spaces between my teeth to push them back for maybe a few days because it was so new for, I guess, my, my, my bones, my whole mouth. It hurt a little bit. But other than that, it didn't really hurt. It was just kind of annoying, to be honest, to wear Invisalign. But in the end of it all, it was worth it because, you know, I'm really happy with my smile and my teeth. So I mean, good job. Let me tell you that. Thank you. Is there is there a way, you know, my I remember my orthodontist kept telling me at that time. So at first he said it would take about six months and then it ended up taking a year and a half. And he told me, you know, it's better to go slow than to push too far and too fast. Do you want to maybe um, go through some risks for somebody who's listening to this and they're considering Invisalign? So the risks of Invisalign and then maybe the risks for veneers. So um, the risk for Invisalign doesn't really exist, right? Because um, the, the, the shaving that we do for Invisalign, it's only uh, for making a little bit of space which means basically that your teeth are uh, bigger than your jaw and we need to create a little bit of space in between the teeth um, so we can align them properly, right? Um, The amount of enamel that is removed in Invisalign is like um, 0.5, 0.4, 0.2, depends, right? And this is just like uh, stripping the, the superficial layer of the enamel and uh, doesn't really cause the sensitivity uh but yes it can be uh you know like weird for people like oh my god you know have these gaps in between my teeth and you know if they're gonna close or not um at the end of the treatment they always do close right and but they're necessary for um basically aligning proper alignment of the teeth if uh the person is having a crowding um so other thing is also like um, changing through trays. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes first day or two, you know that, like you feel that a little pressure when you put the brand new tray, right? Uh, but it's not something that will, you know, stop you from your um, daily activities. And it's definitely much less pressure than having the braces on because uh, this is in smaller increments because you change the trays every you know, depends from person to person, but it can go from seven days to like two weeks. Um, and that transition is much less than braces because when I used to have braces, um, 
I used to go to see my orthodontist every like month and a half, and then they would screw the wire so hard that first three days you were in so much pain and you couldn't even eat, sleep or anything, you know? Um, so I would definitely suggest Invisalign to everybody that have their own natural teeth and not to be afraid of these little shavings. And just like if the person is um, maintaining good oral hygiene, they're not going to get any cavities in, you know, in, in those spots. And uh, I think like you, they will be happy at the end, like with the result, right? Um, in terms of veneers, um, they're good, as I said, because they um, increase your, you know, like appearance right like they yeah. they make you feel more confident uh they, they give uh, you a hollywood smile much faster exactly you know it's <laughs> like it's much faster and this is what usually people like about them um they change uh the color completely of your teeth shape position uh and then um you know it's like the thing to do those days right uh, but in terms of downside, you know, you have to shave much more of your enamel. Sometimes, you know, you can get some sensitivity. Let's say if the tooth is like too rotated and then you have to shave on, on some side of the tooth, like a little bit of extra. Um, and, uh, you know, but all of this is not even important. If somebody's like set their head and they want to do it and they believe that this is going to change their life, then, you know, that there is nothing you can do about it. You can just like, okay, let me, let me make the best that I can, you know, and just make them happy. <laughs> if you decided you want a perfect Hollywood smile, you're going to get a perfect Hollywood smile, right? Yeah, that's just, what about um, whitening, teeth whitening? Um, and how, like, what types of teeth whitening are there? Are there some that you can get if your teeth are sensitive? How does that work? So you have, I mean, whitening is producing sensitivity for sure, um, because it's um, the material itself uh, that we put on the teeth, it kind of opens up the pores of the teeth, uh, dries out the tooth structure, and then this is what is creating sensitivity. In terms of different kinds of whitening, you can get the one on the, you know, like over the counter, like crest whitening strips. They do work. Uh, but again, they give you sensitivity, right? What I tell to my patients is, you know, maybe sometimes you cannot really use them every day. So you can use them kind of every other day. So that decreases the sensitivity, but you're going to still get somewhat the result of whitening, right? Um, then you have, a lot of these, um, call them Instagram <laughs> whitening, where you can order, you know, like the pen and, you know, like the light yourself. Not really sure, um, like how much this works because they are trying basically to um, imitate the whitening that we do at the office. Mm -hmm. And um, the difference is that you cannot buy the same percentage of the gel uh, that we use and the one that is uh, sold over the counter, right? Mm. So, and then the third, you know, is the one that you can you can just come and you know and get the whitening at the office. And this is usually like Zoom, um, made by Philips, and then um, it's just done in three four sessions. 
Um, we need to protect your gums just for the you know the reason of applying this a bleaching agent on your teeth because it can burn the gums. So we need to first um, protect your gums. Uh, once we protect your gums, then we apply the bleaching agent on your teeth and then um, with the light uh, that enhances the the work of the bleaching agent, uh, we do like three or four sessions and each session is like 15 minutes long. Sometimes people can uh, do all four sessions. Let's say I did all four sessions, but sometimes I have patients that are extremely sensitive and they can do maybe like two or three. Mm. So also the color of your teeth will vary from, you know, how many sessions you do. And also the color of your teeth will vary from the things that you do after the whitening, right? Because a lot of people think that, you know, okay, I did, a, you know, bleaching and, you know, I'm good to go. No. So the next two days, <laughs> the next two days you have to do some, uh, you know, things that you probably didn't think that you will have to do, uh, which is like, I call it a white diet. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you have to eat white food basically like you can have banana cauliflower chicken turkey uh nothing colored basically no tomato um no green salad uh you shouldn't be putting the lipstick on like with the color anything that can transfer to your teeth is basically a no um also what helps is using um listerine that is uh, specific for whitening i know it doesn't taste that great but it does the job <laughs> and then uh like a whitening um whitening toothpaste and then occasionally you still like um uh, if you maintain it with the with the strips or something like uh, it will prolong uh it will prolong the results of, of bleaching are there any specific foods that you would say, regardless of whether or not you've had a teeth whitening procedure, that are kind of a huge no-no and they stain your teeth? Coffee, 100%. Don't say that to me. You're Serbian. You should know better. Coffee. <laughs> you guys drink a lot of coffee. No, Listen, no, no. I alcohol, but I don't. I don't drink coffee. I don't even know how this happened, but I don't. Uh, so coffee for sure, and then I would say um, like uh, red wine, dark chocolate, uh, blueberries. You're breaking my heart. Stop. I, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> That's like but, okay, my favorite thing on planet Earth. Okay, you can have a coffee, but please use it with a straw so it bypasses your teeth. What about red wine? Like holding that glass of red wow. wine and sipping on it. Straw? Red wine with a straw? I'm not a wine. What if you brush your teeth after? What if you brush your teeth after? You can, but it still hit the hit the teeth, and this is the reason okay. you know when you when you have the red wine, you will see like a little bit, you know, like you'll see like the rim on your lips, right? If you oh, see you the, see it for sure. Yeah, you see it right away. So, well. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so chocolate, dark chocolate, red wine. Is there anything else that maybe we consume on a daily basis that you can think of? Tea, like black tea. tea. Sure, yeah, black tea. Um, as I said, blueberries. I mean, those are like the major things, you know, that people consume most of the days. Yeah. What if you add milk to your coffee? No, it's still coffee. 
Damn it. I know okay, you want well. to find, you know, <laughs> the way, but it, no. It doesn't no, that's this. fair. That's fair. I I mean, you can tell that it stains your your teeth, especially like you said, red wine. As soon as I have like a few sips, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. My lip color changed. So guess, it must be it's like a full body. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And what smoking. about... I'm sorry. I forgot. Smoking as well. I know a lot of people do not smoke in the States, but our community, you know, they still smoke, unfortunately. This is not good. This is going to not ruin only the color of your teeth, right? But it's just going to ruin your uh, periodontal ligament, basically your gums and your bones deteriorate from the smoke and they should not be doing it. <laughs> That's so you read my mind. I wanted to ask you if there's um, because yes, I have a lot of obviously Eastern Europeans listening to me and is there like a, I mean, this is going to be a stupid question. I know exactly the answer to that, there's but I'm still going to ask question. it. Is, is there like an amount that you can smoke that won't affect you? Like if you go on vacation from time to time and you smoke, um, you know, a cigarette or a tobacco or, or sh what's it called? Shisha, hookah mm -hmm. that will like go unnoticed or does it happen in the way that literally even the smallest amount of smoking will damage your dental hygiene, your dental health? I mean, if you do it like occasionally, like once in a blue moon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nothing really is going to happen. But like the problem with this is that uh, our community is smoking on a daily basis and it's uh, not really, uh, I'm going to say like a little, but there's no such a thing. It's just like they, they're heavy smokers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that, and this affects majorly. And uh, sometimes what makes me uh, feel a little bit disappointed is that even after they get certain treatment done, you know, I specifically ask them do not do this and they, they're so addicted to it and they, they just can't, they just cannot. Yeah. It's a crazy addiction because it's such and a. I get asked the same exact question that you asked me like, okay, how much can I have only one or two or, you know, like, you know, just to survive the day or something. And then I have this, uh, I know it's going to sound weird, but I'll still say it. And I was like, um, is there, you know, when you're pregnant, you cannot be a little pregnant or a lot pregnant. You're either <laughs> pregnant or you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you either stop smoking, <laughs> you know, or, you, you know, it doesn't, it's not like, okay, I'm going to have two. It doesn't work this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm sure that anyone listening has had at least once a conversation with a smoker where it's crazy how um, much they almost reason themselves into continuing to smoke. Like, oh, I only smoke like three cigarettes a day or like I only smoke two cigarettes a day. And I'm like, you still smoke. That's a conversation that we constantly have with my in-laws because they're, they they're Serbian. So they, yeah. they drink a lot of coffee and they smoke a lot of cigarettes. And uh, of course, you know, my husband and I are always like, please stop smoking. And they're like, well, we only smoke, especially his mom, right? Um, I mean, I love her to death, but yeah, she'll be like, oh, I only smoked like three cigarettes today. We're like, you still smoked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Yovanka, thank you so much. Uh, this was such a lovely chat. And I wanted to ask you, most of my following, I believe is based actually around New York. 
how can they find you? How can they maybe ask you a few questions? Because I'm sure we've missed some important things that people might want to learn more of about veneers and Invisalign and all that kind of stuff. And just in general, dental hygiene, how could they find you? So I'm located in um, Astoria. Um, my address is 3046 35th Street. Um, and, uh, you know, they can just call to make an appointment and I'll see them. Awesome. And if they are immigrants and new immigrants to U.S., you might even inspire them a little bit to pursue their dreams in a new country. Uh, I mean, or continue. It's in us no matter what, you know? I think so, too. Yeah, I think we, we move to places like that for that reason, because it has, you know, more opportunities, more possibilities. So we might as well make the best out of it, right? 100%. And uh, the drive and where we grew up is just, uh, I feel that it's different. And, uh, you know, you don't want to go somewhere um, else and then just like not, like you want to feel like you made it. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's, it's like a sense of pride. And for sure, uh, for sure. it just, uh, you know, the picture that you created for yourself in your head, it's very important, obviously. and. Um, you just need you just need to work to get there you know but when you have this thing inside of you it's not that it's not that difficult would you say it's important to see yourself already being who you want to be i would say that yes but um for myself like i always knew the things that i will do right um not necessarily that i will end up here but i always knew i'll have my own practice um uh but and like things that i did in my life they just came like natural to me you know what i'm it's just like they just they just flew normal i don't know how to explain this but yeah um, for me it was normal to go in a school where you know i live (laughs) not in ohio yeah nothing against ohio but you know uh and then um uh, it was normal for me to treat my uh, community, but I also treated, um, you know, the creme de la creme of Manhattan. Um, <laughs> honestly, I did. And uh, I just feel happy where I'm at right now. That's awesome. It's always inspiring to see somebody who's passionate about what they do and also somebody who is just happy with where they're at. It makes it makes other people, I think, inspired. You know, like sometimes you meet somebody and the field in which that person is working is not necessarily something that you ever thought you'd be like interested in, but because of how enthusiastic they are about it, how happy they are about it, it makes you interested in it. You're like, wait, I want to learn. Like, how'd you do it? How did you? So, no, it's awesome to see. And thank you so much for your time today. And uh, thank you to our lovely listeners for tuning in. We will see you next week.